Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the back catalogues of some of the most important and rockinest bands of all time, starting with Australian pub rock legends Cold Chisel. With me, as always, is my co-host Sam Tonkin. Welcome, Sam. G'day. G'day. Are you pumped up? Today we're talking about Chisel's second album, Breakfast at Sweethearts. I know, I always get to say Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's a whole different... <laughs> and I said, what about... <laughs> Breakfast at Sweethearts. That's a sick mashup. Do you think that could be a meme? Look, we will attempt. How do the young kids do it these days? They do it like this. <laughs> That's two years ago, actually. I really hope. Just keeping up, keeping right up to date with the fresh <laughs> memes. We're over 25. This is pretty up to date for us. Yeah, that's true. Also, okay. I hope if you're listening to this early in the morning that you are not listening to this loud. <laughs> no, I, don't, I think that's coming of... through pretty soft on the on the Jimmy. <laughs> it was softer than last time. I don't know what I've done differently. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, Otherwise, we can't hear him. That's All how, right. how we know he's coming. Okay, yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, just give us a little shout if you're coming over that, that mountain range. <laughs> but yeah, so this is the second album, Breakfast at Sweethearts. Been listening to it all week. Yeah. How do, how do you feel about it? I I actually like it a little better than uh, the self-titled. Yeah. Uh, maybe controversial. I don't know. Uh, I, I definitely think, hey, thought it was. It's not controversial. You're allowed to <laughs> like what you like. Hello. <laughs> that was an email. We'll just move on from that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this one, I really, I liked how much more rockinest it was. Yeah, it was rockinester. Rockinester. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. There were more hits on it. More yeah. songs that got through to the, the greatest hits compilations that got me into Chisel in the first place. Yeah, and I wondered when maybe that was why I liked this one more than the last, purely because I recognised more songs. But then the songs that I really, really enjoyed at the end of it were relatively new to me. So that was pretty. That's cool. You know. Do you want me to tell you a bit about the album and stuff? Let's well, you know, you probably know it all, but I, I'm t- tell yeah, the listeners. You go for it. I'll chime in with things. Chime away. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's their second album, second studio album, Breakfast at Sweethearts. It was recorded from mid-1978 to early 1979 and released in Feb of 1979. So they went straight on the back of the, the um, self-titled album in 78. They started recording and yeah, then released a... it straight after, less than a year. Or... Yeah, and there's a few quotes from different band members talking about how they were pretty knackered recording it because they'd right. toured for five years, recorded an album, toured for another six months, straight into the studio. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the one before was recorded January to April 78. Oof. And then 
<laughs> then this one started recording in July, I think. So just a couple months off between recording. God, we're recording one post- podcast a week and I'm knackered. Oh, I can't even. That is too much. <laughs> Can we make this monthly? <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so it was released in Feb that year and then spent 30-odd weeks in the charts peaking at number four. Ooh. That's pretty high. That's top five in my book. That's, I mean. My I'd, book I'd, of numbers. I'd count it in. Oh, maths has crept back in. Yeah. I'd count it in my top four, but, you know, that's just me. I suppose we're different you, in that. Oh, okay. I see. In that four is... Well, no, I'm, I'm not denying it. It's also <laughs> in the top four, but it is in the top five. It is also. It's and also the in 10. the top six. Well, who says that, though? Uh, <laughs> no well, one's going around why is telling you they're top six. hating on top six? Everyone's all about even numbers. Yeah, or fives. Except for five. Poor six. What's six he ever done to you? Fuck off. <laughs> Uh, after a few lineup uh, changes earlier in the decade, the band was now settled with Don Walker, the, the main songwriter, also yes. on piano, Ian Moss, guitar and vocals, kind of backup vocals, but he sang lead on one of the tracks. Yeah. Steve Prestwich yes. on drums, Phil Small on bass, and Jimmy Barnes on vocals. If you're not sure how Jimmy Barnes' vocals sound, it's a little something like. <laughs> I mean, that's it's sort of evolved to that point. It's not, I mean, it's not dissimilar from the years gone. (laughs) It's screechier than it was back in the early days. Yeah, definitely more gravel than honey. More gravel than honey. (laughs) Early on, it was probably equal measures. A couple of years, so I was reading about this meme that is two years old already. Yeah. At time of recording. Yeah. um, Because it's from a song. Uh, by Kieran J. Callanan from 2017. Yes. Um, but uh, Barnsley spoke to Double J, which is a, like an online radio station in Australia, about the clip and the meme. Say, and he said, of course now I'm receiving memes with me screaming. <laughs> I remember thinking, what a weird song. But it was so infectious that I was singing the melodies everywhere I went. So I just screamed on it like a banshee for about five minutes. <laughs> I love that though in the 70s, he's just in spending six months in the studio. This one, he j- runs in, screams into the mic for five minutes, says, that's me done. Amazing. We just also, made a hit record. Uh, I realize that you can find a little gif or jif, depending on how technical you want to get. Uh, oh, when where, do you, where do you sit on the... On that? I, I've always called it a gif. It's a gif. It's a if gif. you say a jif, you're an idiot. You sound like jiffy, like just a jiffy. Yeah. Well, you know? No, nah, you're not. A, no, I look... I've, I don't know why I'm, I've gone angry today. You, you've really, you've gotten emotional about I'm, this I've already. Had, had, yeah. Look, it's one of those things that I, <laughs> I, I'm very firm on. And I think <laughs> it's one of my top six things that I care about in this world. Oh, now there's a top six. Okay. Well, in terms of things <laughs> I care about, yes. Music is top five. <laughs> Caring top six. You've got to squeeze one more in. Uh, yeah, okay, I get you. Uh, let us know if you pronounce it gif or jif well, and if we are wrong us, or you, probably. Here's something I'd like to say. If you pronounce it jif, this is not your podcast. <laughs> Turn it off. If you like maths, if you like gifs. Get out. No, we love everyone to listen. Thank you so much. Please everybody. listen to us. Please don't turn off. Um, but what I was saying is that if you type in Screaming Cowboy, you get that g- or the gif. Oh, I've said it now. Far out. Of You're Jimmy out. Bar- <laughs> You're off the pod. All right. See you guys. And thanks for having me. Um, he of, writes, of he's him Screaming Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. So good. He's, all over, he's all gone over YouTube is just comments saying, just here for the Screaming Cowboy, he right. actually can sing. Well, that's something that he said as well. Um he said that um, it's opened up 
a new audience to him. He says that more people stop him in the street now and say, I love Kieran's song than they do to talk about his book, which oh was, at the time was like a top selling. Oh, of course. Book. Oh my God. <laughs> He's like, it just, it's just the only thing that people wanted to talk to him about, which is pretty funny. He's but he also it. said that he put it up on his fan site and a lot of his fans were quite taken aback by it <laughs> going, we don't know what we've just seen. We don't know if we like it or not. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. It's just, Different. I I really like it. I reckon it's a catchy song, and it's just it's it's fun to see Jimmy just out there. It's fun to try and ghost, sing it. <laughs> yeah. Ghost hovering over oh. a mountain, and it's a big bloody hat too. It's a big hat. He's ready. He struggles to keep it on. He does. <laughs> I reckon he shot it in one take each as well, because every take is like him <laughs> knocking it and trying to hold it back on his head. Anyway. Anyway. Watch that if you don't know what we're talking about. We'll link it. Um. So the sweethearts in the title of the album refers to a cafe in King's Cross. You would, I'm sure, you would be aware of that, Sam. I, King's Cross is sort of it's the red, or it used to be the red light district yeah. of Sydney until the last few years when the lockout laws kind of shut it down as a, and a Sydney night got spot. Killed by the government. Hey, look, we're not anti-government. Aspersions here on governments. We're just anti-closing down of live music venues yeah, and lockout laws. It was because apparently it really has changed the cross a lot. It used yeah. to be a wild spot and now it's, it's um, you know, it's a ghost town. Shut by 5 The only ghost that I want to see uh, is coming over the mountain. Is he? Can I? Oh, I think I can hear him. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But he's um it's not him. It's just just no one. Ghost town in the in the way of meaning that no one's there anymore. But anyway, so back then in the seventies when Don Walker uh was living there, he regularly ate at this cafe, the Sweethearts Cafe. Um and that's yeah, that's obviously why I wrote the song about it. It was wedged between um strip joints and sex shops mm. and many of the regular Diners at the cafe were sex workers from the area. Yeah. It has since been knocked down and oh. in its place stands a McDonald's. Is that not the most heartbreaking? Oh, <laughs> Need- <laughs> like this place of history and now it's McDonald's. Yeah. It feels like there would have been. Do you a Simpsons watcher? Oh, back in the day, early was, seasons. Yeah. Well, there was an earlyish one where uh, Bart had a, a news. Segment on the on the kids news network, and he'd have the segment Bart's people. Bart's people. <laughs> he old Jimmy. He, he used to come down to this park and feed the ducks, but those ducks don't come around here no more. I reckon it, he could have done a story on. <laughs> this used to be Sweetheart's Cafe. Was that episode written by Don Walker? <laughs> I think it could have. He's been. pretty talented. He probably did. It was beautiful. It was all pathos. <laughs> Classic Don. Uh, Don. So Walker wrote the album while he was living there. He lived there a long time, and he wrote. As a whole, or he said, as a whole set of songs, it painted a picture of a certain time and a certain place, which is very close to my heart. And in many ways, that set of songs is quite personal to me rather than any of the other guys because they all moved out of the cross within three weeks. It was a good time of my life. I don't know how much those two things are connected. Yeah. They moved away. It was a good time of my it life. It was a good time. He was there for like 30-odd years or something. Like he's he stayed big, in. big cross fan. His, um, his first apartment, I think, was just a tiny little scratchy thing that's twelve fifty a week and had holes in the ceiling. $12.50. $12.50. In Bloody King's boomers, cross. am I yeah. right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, he goes on, he talks about, you know, he didn't really have much, but he was really happy there. He just, you know. Was just living. Yeah. Don Walker. Don Walker. Living. 
He's got a book out as well, actually, and it's just all of the uh, songs that he wrote for Cold Chisel and then some uh, in a chronological order. And it's it's essentially it's just a book of poetry and it's beautiful because oh, cool. his lyrics are just, you know. He does. He writes like poetry. And I'm yeah. I'm a big poetry fan, so I know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, you, yep. <laughs> uh, rhyming couplets. Uh, haikus, uh, haikus, I'm a big, big sonnets. Fan of haikus. Oh. So I know, I like, I know poetry. Wait, I know. I used it. to date a poet. You didn't even know it. No, I did. She, oh. she, she told me all about it. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I went to a few of her uh, poetry readings. How'd that go? They were different. It was a whole different world. I didn't, I didn't realize was in Melbourne. Different. And it was, is, it was fun yep. to have my eyes open to it. <laughs> and I did knew it. Yeah, um, uh, there we go. No, yeah, poetry doesn't have to rhyme, Sam. That's one of the things that I learned early on because I used to, when poets would do a poem that wasn't rhyming, I'd stand up and say, hey, that didn't even rhyme. Start again. <laughs> and I'd be told to shush. And just let it happen. Let it happen. Let the vibes go, man. They eventually kicked me out. But, yeah. Um, and then I learned that lesson. Yeah, they don't have to rhyme. That's I didn't big... even rhyme. <laughs> it's a big lesson to learn, though, you know? Like, so eventually in life you find out that poems don't have to rhyme. Yeah. Or be in time. Boom. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing to learn. And squirn. Thank you. Uh, That's my poem. Can you define complete. squirn for me? I, I won't. That's not a poet's. It's <laughs> not a. It's not a, a. The poet's way to define every big meaningful word they say that definitely exists. Hey, Don Walker <laughs> also remembers the recording of the album being uh, quite a tough time, saying it was a very bad low point for the band. We were constantly touring, and when we got a weekend off, we were thrown into the studio and expected to be creative. And Barnes agrees, saying, breakfast at Sweetheart stunk. And you can spell that F-U-C-K-E-D. <laughs> I said seaweed there. He did. But I meant to because I'm gonna, a poet. Yeah. I was going to leave it, but we've <laughs> sleep. Uh, Listen he, now. <laughs> he has also said, Barnes has also said, uh, there are really great songs on that record, but it wasn't the most enjoyable recording process. We wanted to go in a Studio One at Albert's where ACDC and the Angels were doing great records. We booked but couldn't get in, so we ended up in Studio 3, which was a new studio and didn't have the same atmosphere. And then, so that's from that's from our best mate Wikipedia, that new website that's... That quote, you saying, well, no, that, that quote is from Jimmy Barnes's mouth via Wikipedia. Oh, because in, in from Jimmy Barnes's mouth to book, uh, he talks about Studio 2, which was a bit of a turkey apparently. <laughs> Uh, it studio two felt like you were in the dentist pulling good sounds in that room was a lot like pulling teeth slow and painful. So, you know, it's a now, great Jim, place to write. Jimmy it. also does a bit of poetry. G- yo, he's that just was beautiful. Life. I like that a lot. Yeah. So what, whichever studio it was, it was, uh, it was not one. It was lifeless compared to studio one, which had a lot of history. Which is something I found very interesting over the last few years being like a music fan and watching docos of albums being made and that sort of stuff and and the band's talking about the um, how much a studio sound can affect a recording. Yeah, a, a lot of the time you hear if it's um, if it's kind of got good, I don't know, it sounds weird saying it, but like good vibes about it, they're happy to be there, everyone's like enjoying the time and then others where it's just like a stale environment yeah. and it's just, yeah. But it's slow and painful, like pulling teeth. <laughs> there, and then there's also like practical sounds, like the way the studio set up the shape and and what the walls are made out of, and yeah, I, all these all these different little factors that come into it, which is 
uh, pretty fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just a room, but there's yeah. a lot more to that apparently. <laughs> I like I like that idea as a backup thing for um, uh, if you're ever recording an album, you're like. Oh, it's, this is not us. This is the room. Yeah, it's a bad vibes. These bad songs vibes, are man. great. <laughs> this room sucks. This room is shite. That's what I do with stand up sometimes. Like, this is not me. So- <laughs> this is not the joke's fault. <laughs> this is the room and the crowd. Generally, yeah. that can be. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not always taken great, but you know. Uh, so, Richard Batchens was the producer. Uh, uh, Jimmy has some choice words about him, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet. He was, I think he was one of the big issues with what they didn't enjoy their time there. Um, so, he produced the album. He was put in place by the label, having recently produced an album for Aussie music legend uh, Richard Clapton. He'd actually produced a bunch of albums for Clapton. He also produced, or he worked on the first Split Ends album. Ah. And. Um, so he was seeing and and heaps of Sherbet albums, which is really Sherbet, quotes. yeah. Does uh, I don't know if he was on How's That, the classic single. Oh, I'll find out while you keep reading. Uh, got you back, and mm-hmm. now you that. How's that? How how's that? But they so they got him on board for for that reason. He had a more of a track record than their the producer on their self titled album. Um, but the band and Batchins did not get along. The, the, they really um, kind of hated each other. Here's a bit of How's That. Oh, that's a longer intro than I was really. Oh, there it is. It sounds like it's from a whole different era, but it's only from 76. Yeah, it's, Cold Chisel existed at this time. Yeah, isn't that? Yeah. I don't know. I always thought this was like a decade older. Yeah, it does feel. It feels 60s still, even though. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's a beautiful merging of uh, cricket (laughs) phrasing and whatever this kind of music is. What is this kind of music? It's a a disco funk. Yeah, the little. It feels like um, uh, disco funk groove. Yeah, oh, okay. Rock. Uh, How's that? Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I love the idea of the like. This is what he actually said. He walks in. His partner's cheating on him. He walks and says, "Yo, gotcha. How's that?" <laughs> There's an umpire in the background. Raises the finger. Anyway, out of nowhere. That's a that's a song out. That's a that's. Some, I feels like that's, that's not called chisel, but it was good. <laughs> More frequently lately for some reason. So just a, what a fun song. Yes, How's the that? most we've ever talked about Sherbet ever. Sherbet. Sherbet. Daryl Braithwaite. Triple M. It was before he was riding on his horses. Oh, we'll come to that later, I'm sure. So Batchins <laughs> and Chisley didn't get along, although reviews were generally positive. This is from uh, uh, this website, Wikipedia. Um, you can find that online. On the, on the web. And on, they've got like a lot the, of different on information web. on different things. Oh. All re- although the reviews were positive and some of the songs were later live staples, the members of Cold Chisel were unhappy with the sound of Breakfast at Sweethearts and the production methods of Richard Batchins. Batchins would later admit that this was an unhappy period of his life and the band felt he was overly critical and the recording suffered from lack of spontaneity. Walker said, this is Don Walker, he made it quite clear to me that they weren't as good as Richard Clapton's songs. <laughs> it's just not mean, what you want from your your producer. You want no. them to like <laughs> pump you up you a bit. Yeah, feel, hey, like, these are going to be great. We're about to we, cut we a hit record. Stuff? Yeah. yeah, just like no, nah, this is shit. Sorry. 
Barnes added, <laughs> we went into the studio with him and it was absolutely disastrous. We're in a shit room and there's bad-tempered cunt. But don't quote me. Don't say it was bad-tempered. Uh, a little bit of fun there from Barnesy. Jimmy. Are we going to say cunt on this? I don't say it on the other podcast. I was going to ask you, but, I mean, we're here now. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> let me know later and I can bleep it out. Apparently Americans don't like it. Uh, please let us know and we will bleep it going forward. <laughs> Um, in Jimmy's book, he talks about Don's reaction as old mate Richard was um, mixing up the tracks and he said something about bouncing some of the tracks together to make mixing a bit easier. Don went pale. We all knew our baby. The new record was fucked. Uh, and in, Jimmy said he's just going to go to the pub. He can't deal with this bloke Richard anymore. And uh, Don sat just staring for a second. Are you right there? Sorry. Uh, and said, yeah, uh, no, I think I'd better stay here. And uh, it kind of makes you feel a bit sad because Don Walker talks about how much love and how much these songs were his, you know, his baby. Yeah. Uh, and then he's just sitting there watching some dickhead. Fuck him. Yes. Do, what do you think about that? Because obviously I've only ever known these versions of the songs. Mm. So it would be very different being in the band going, this is how I picture it to come out, and it's come out different from what they wanted. Yeah. But to me, like, I I reckon they sound great. Yeah, yeah, all of the songs that And, are... and all, what people often criticise the album is that, that it didn't capture their raw live energy. Yeah, but I reckon there's the some real great last... raw sounds. On, yeah. It sounds pretty live to me. So it's interesting to find out that they... He made them record every part separately over and over again until... Um, They'd lost any of that vibe, so I, f- I think that probably shows what a uh, what kind of a band they are. They just were a live band, so whatever they did, it was always going to sound a bit raw because yeah. it sounds pretty raw to me still. Yeah, I reckon it sounds great. I mean, you know, obviously I didn't see them live, so I can't compare. But they sound I've got um, high energy. They released an album. Uh, well, they recorded a, a, a show in Melbourne that same year, so I can oh. I can give you some comparisons in a bit if you like. Yeah, let's do that because they're not that far different. But first, I want to uh, read this review from Adrian Zup on AllMusic.com Zup about the album, and he had a similar um, problem. He still likes the album, but he had a similar problem with the recording. He says, look no further than Aussie Quintet Cold Chisel's second album, 1979's Breakfast at Sweethearts, along with the band's, how do you say, eponymous? Is that it? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to change it. Along with the band's self-titled debut of the previous year. For the material that took them from little knowns to mighty pub rock monsters and beyond. In fact, the songs on this album may comprise may comprise the best set of any of the band's non-compilation studio discs. Ooh. But alas, it's a masterpiece tainted by a poor recording job. Cuts like the Mean Street Stomper conversations, the thudding shipping steel, and the drug paranoia song The Door contain little of the venom they spewed forth when played live. Damn. Nevertheless, the lo-fi subjugation of the numbers cannot scuttle the album. Don Walker's uh, songwriting and his story crafting around local references could engage a listener underwater with the vault. We should try that. Mm. We should listen to him underwater and see if we find it engaging. Because I'm not sure. It's space you can't hear anyone scream. But can you hear Jimmy Barnes scream underwater? What do you reckon he'd sound like? I don't know. I think if he was in space, he'd sound, you know, like this. Nothing, because or maybe even Jimmy Barnes could be heard, but underwater he'd sound a little like this. <laughs> That's but, uh, pretty accurate, I reckon. Yeah, 
Good hypothesis. Thank you. You gave me not a lot of time to come up with that. <laughs> I, I you did so good, though. <laughs> Would, do you reckon people believe that those sound effects were done live? Oh, I don't reckon. They sounded pretty like, – that pretty sounded good. pre-recorded. Well, something you should know about me in on another podcast I do to go on, I'm known as the man of a thousand noises. So uh, listeners to that podcast won't be surprised by how I was able to pull that off so quickly. Uh, the review goes on to say, with the volume wound up well uh, on a decent stereo, the old-style rocker, I'm going to roll ya, and the band's blazing showstopper, Goodbye Astrid, will still go awfully close to putting cracks in the walls. While the earthy poetry, as the bloody word, earthy. and delicate piano of Plaza shiver the spine. Oh, oh just doing a little bit of poetry himself, That's Adrian sensual, Zup. Sensual, Adrian Zup. Uh, then there's the windswept Dresden, which unveils imagery of epic proportions. Oh. And then he and he's got a little bit of a, he's, he's quoted some of the lyrics here. Let's talk poetry. Old Dresden burns above the breeze. The traveller is on his knees. Oh, he's rhyming. Mm, rhyming. He watches sledge wings dip and play so far above the holy throne. Less rhyming. He, less rhyming. See, that's right. He can he can do both. Don that's Walker. something about Don Walker. He can what do poetry, two kinds of poetry, <laughs> which are there only are two kinds. Rhyming. Rhyming and bush poetry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sadly, like a faded Rembrandt, this album isn't quite the original article, but it is still a must-have for anyone who appreciates gutsy rock and roll artistry. Gutsy. What do you think about that? I think gutsy the is faded Rembrandt pretty, idea. That's a yeah. That's a whole different um. That's a whole different way to describe. I've not heard that one before. Is he trying a little bit too hard writing this? Is I he think, trying to match Don Walker's poetry? Yeah, it'd be hard to. I think you just take a step back. I mean, that's something we do as well. We we take inspiration from uh, Don's beautiful lyrical poetry, and probably we speak in that way. That's Don't a, you think we do? I imagine that that's what this entire podcast yeah. sounds like. One day <laughs> there'll be a podcast about this podcast where people are going, lyrical the beautiful genius. lyrical genius of their <laughs> stunted conversation. <laughs> conversation. Listen now. Uh, they were reviewed by, by Roadrunner as well at the time of release. And I think it seems like the reviews at the time were maybe more favourable. I think before the band really opened up about how yeah. much they didn't like it, and that it feels like that tainted the rev- the reviews coming later. Yeah, yes. every if the band have said we don't like the sound, everyone then else is reviewers like, like oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's neither. It's a little conspiracy theory, but at the time, Roadrunner said if you're into good driving rock, it's as good as an album as you'll get anywhere in the world. So that's, that's a lot more glowing. I think good driving rock is a pretty solid pub rock, like Australian pub rock definition. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Driving rock. Which kind of comes up later in one of the songs, but we'll get to that in a, in a min. Um, Duke Magazine uh, said the album was not just a collection of songs. It exudes a, conceptu- a conceptual aura at street level, cleverly indigenous. Ooh. And describing the third single off the album, Shipping Steel, as gutsy Australian hard rock. And the best thing Chisel have done since the marvelous Kaysan. We'll pick up airplay, and why not? I don't think it really did pick up much airplay. No, I think it didn't at all. I think it and was like even, in the high forties or something. And it didn't even end up making the that initial best of Chisel. Yeah, the gold covered. Hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting. So do you want do you want to go through a few of these? So what were some of the tracks in particular that he said? Or before I do this, did you have any other um, tidbits? How's that? Was not 
produced by old mate Richard. What's oh, his face? It did not have Richard's. Uh, it did not have. Uh... It didn't have any dick on it. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, actually, that's a lie. It was still produced by someone called Richard. Different, oh, okay. different, dick. different Richard. So yeah, so Batchins wasn't on it. No. Oh well. Good. I, I thought it didn't have that. No, I think Batchins had said he was going through a tough time. It's an interesting. I, I, I. It sounds like he was taking something out on the band. Yeah. But I've looked up his discography. Yeah. And he had produced quite a lot of records up until that point, but on his the online discography I found didn't produce anything since. So oh, I don't really? know. Oh, really? That just. It's the final straw, maybe. Yeah. Maybe just one of those people, you know, you meet someone and they really, truly hate their jobs and you're yeah. like, you just shouldn't be doing this anymore. And maybe he, maybe Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> maybe Jimmy told him, him that. <laughs> just straight up was like, mate, this gig is not for you. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But yeah, so that Adrian Zup uh, review. So he said, conversations, shipping steel and the door contain none of the venom they spewed forth when played live. I can give you a couple of contrasts between those. So conversations first, which is the opening track. It's like kind of starts gentle, but it gets pretty heavy Mm. into it. Yeah, I think he's, he's probably not... You can't judge this opening. This is just a... It's a real... Like, that drum sound to me sounds... I'm absolutely not an expert in any way, but... It's also got that harmonica in the back here and like a train again. I love that. It just gets me every time. I love it. And the vocal sound is not like it's overly produced. Angrily. Yeah. Probably in both meanings of the word. Yeah, the the way they talk about it, make, I'm like assuming it's gonna be like auto tuned almost. You yeah, know? yeah, like just super overproduced, but it just. But it, like obviously, overproduced in the '70s is different to overproduced now. It's true. Because this does not sound overproduced to me. Conversation. And then, this is them live in Melbourne that same year, 1979, live at Bombay Rocks. Good and you can hear it is a little bit um, more rough and ready, but... I mean, it's a live show. It's got to yeah, be... Yeah, it's only... Mar- I'd, I'd say only marginally, though. Is it a little bit quicker, or is that just me? I think it is a, a little quicker, yeah. And he's doing more cymbals or something on the drums. Yeah. He's doing a bit more with the drums. A couple of bloody absolute musicians talking about music here. Oh, we know all about the music and the creation of... But yeah, I think you're right. I think the pace is faster. And he's oh, that's there's way a bit more, better. That's more cool. flavor in the guitar. Yeah. It's almost like the vocal it sounds track same. is. same. Is, is that? Yeah. It's, but louder? And maybe it's a bit higher in the mix or something. Oh. But yeah, that is interesting. That I think it's a better vocal sound. Yeah, I like it. All right, so maybe. I think it sounds 
vocally relatively similar. Yeah. So, so that I mean, yeah, I can. You can definitely hear there's some difference there. What were the other two? You said shipping steel. Shipping so shipping steel. steel. It's super catchy. It was a gutsy. I'm trying not to sing along as they go. <laughs> But it's, and then they try to get the chorus here. Shipping Steve. Out it. Yeah, and then he's live. Oh, that sounds nastier. Yeah, it's a bit, it is a bit, it's a bit bigger. Got a real like if you were walking to it, you'd have a real it's like a heavy strut to oh, it. Oh yeah, that's a strutter. Oh, you can just kind of picture it though, can't you? Like some big burly bloke in a wife beater singlet. Yeah. Oh, you probably can't call it that anymore. In a blue bond singlet, uh, just driving down some like just like red dirt road with his arm out the window and. I think. You reckon? I, yeah, totally. And I, but I think it's you know when you talk about like. You know, you normally assume that these studio versions, to me, are gonna be a little bit cleaner. It's just normally how it goes, right? Mm, yeah. You leave something for the, but it, I don't think they've like totally gutted the sound. No, not at all. That is, that does, yeah. All right, both of those probably do sound a bit better live. <laughs> the point I was trying to make is not being made. And then this is the album closer, which I really like, called the door. This is the studio version. Probably it's more about the... Yeah, this bit's cool. This is the studio version. It's only, like, it, listening to the studio version, like, oh, this sounds like a, it was recorded live in the studio, but but you're, I think it sounds like that's not what happened at all. It's all they yeah. recorded, like, a jigsaw puzzle and pieced it together. Just put it all together. Um... And then hit the live one. He held on to his Scottish accent, didn't he? Because he, he moved to Australia when he was very young. Yeah, he was like five or something. And he's, yeah, he's I guess still... it's his family all around him speaking Scottish. No, uh, like when he was younger, but then... Yeah, right. He was, you know... I wonder, yeah, I wonder how he... Normally you think of people lose their accent from time, but he's, you know, he's still got it. It's almost like person to person. Like, uh... Mm. It's almost like everyone's an individual, Sam. Uh, it's so weird. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Let's see if I can get that kitchen door part. Yeah, I love this. Love a build. Love oh, a live build. Love Bring build. At a certain era, he would have made, you know, if he was in uh, maybe the late 90s, somebody would have made everyone get down. Yeah. I remember that was a big <laughs> yeah. thing at live shows. But like, everyone get down, everyone get down. Get we're, down. Quiet, Shh, quiet. we're quiet, quiet. We're quiet. And now we're up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being in primary school. Yeah. All right, so that's, that's probably a bit ballsier here. Yeah. All right, so maybe maybe they've I've, I've proven their point right. Yep. 
<laughs> okay, still, cold still... chisel, you know what's best. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, I, I don't know why. I just thought, I thought there may be a part of it as well. They had such a bad time with the producer. He was calling them shit to their faces <laughs> that maybe they were, like, never going to love his the yeah. work he did. Yeah, maybe they've just, like, while the sound of the album's, like, not too bad, but the memory of it and therefore it's soured because of... Yeah, maybe, but, I mean, I... I I, you've really got to trust the people in the band. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're probably right. I think, like, I'm going to roll here, which is the only... So on that live uh, recording, which um, they released a couple of years ago live at Bombay Rock, which apparently was an iconic Melbourne rock pub uh, back in the day. It's not around uh, anymore. I was going to say that is news to me otherwise. <laughs> um, but they that album had every, every song but I'm going to roll here on it, which I'm not sure why. Uh-huh. But I'm going to roll here. The studio version, I reckon, has got a real live sound already. Um, yeah, what we, we normally do about this time of the show is we talk about our unofficial greatest hits. Yeah. Album. So we, we, we're picking a couple of tracks that um, from the album that weren't on the old uh, Gold Chisel album from 1991. Oh, yeah. So, so in this case, we've got... Gold um, Chisel. Uh, off that... Chisel album from this one. There was Breakfast at Sweethearts, the title track. Mm-hmm. We should play a bit of that just for those who don't know them. It's sort of a bit of a reggae tune, this one. Yeah. Oh, actually, I've got some fun facts about the um, album album cover. Oh, yeah, cool. So Breakfast at Sweethearts was is out. Uh, so is Merry Go Round and Goodbye, Astrid Goodbye, which is a sick song. Uh, yeah, maybe just those three. Shipping Steel was on a on a later best of, so I'm probably not going to count that either. Yeah, Shipping Steel was on a um, second greatest hits, All For You, that was released in 2011, I think it was, and it was uh, apparently selected by fans via an online poll. Oh, um, hey, tell me Cold Chisel aren't in the modern age. <laughs> yeah, 2011. Um, but Shipping Steel uh, and another song, Yakuza, Yakuza Girls, were both uh, both surprised the band. Oh, right. Uh, they weren't expected, uh, although were very welcome, apparently. Oh, that's cool. It would be nice, yeah, nice to hear the things that you've done that um, fans surprise you by liking. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a nice change. <laughs> As um, opposed to the opposite. Nah, yeah, I imagine they get nothing shit. but love. Um, While this is playing, actually, the uh, album cover itself uh, features the five uh, members of the band uh, sitting in what is known as the Marble Bar, which I think is now part of the Hilton Hotel. And it looks pretty bloody swanky. Uh, We'll put a picture up on on our socials for it. The Um, the cover, yeah, great. um, Yeah, because it's a pretty cool looking cover. Um, well, it actually, it won um, it won an award that year. I think it won. Yeah, you're right. Maybe the either the countdown or the aria or something. Something if you have for best album best art. Best album artwork. Yeah. Um, and Marble Bar itself is, or Hilton Marble Bar as it's now known, um, is 126 years old now. Some uh, Australian specific fun facts for it. Uh, in 2008, it was the scene of musical superstar twins, the Veronicas, 24th birthdays. Oh, great. Uh, and a year later, model Tamara Jaber, who I think was in Bardo, oh. the original pop star's pre-Australian idol. Wow. 
Am I wrong? Oh, no, she was from Scandalous. That was the second act that came out of it. Scandalous. Scandalous. Scott Kane was the third. We don't talk about him anymore. Uh, but Tamara Jaber was left to party solo at the swanky venue by then-boyfriend Kyle Sanderlands. Wow. Yeah. So that, so they would all be part of the probably the top six most important things that happen at that marble bar. Maybe top seven. Number one being the album cover. Oh, of course. Yeah. Easily. Number two, obviously, the Veronica's 24th birthday. Oh, Veronica's untouched. Look it up. I'll add the link. Yeah. That's still a banger. Forever a banger. <laughs> Forever a banger. <laughs> Um, so I reckon I, I've been putting a lot of thought into my favorite two, um, for the unofficial chisel best of, mm-hmm. uh, my first one's Dresden. Let's hear a bit of it. Um, or, or he calls it, Jimmy calls it Dresden blues on the, on the live album. What's the chorus or the, the hook is Dresden blues. Yeah, he just said it, yeah. It's a banger, and I'd ne- never heard it until, yeah, last little while. It's just genuine album track kind of song. What is that chorus? I love a bit of mossy shredding. Oh, just low-key shredding. What a beautiful man. And you just imagine him, he'd just be sitting there just like looking super chill, but like ripping it out. Just noodling. Noodling. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, and then the other one I'd have is The the Door, which uh, we played a bit of before. Somebody's so they're my two. Um, they, they go along with uh, last week's Home and Broken Heart and Duskazine. Duskazine, so, Duskazine. Strangely, three of my four songs start with D. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Love the D, as I've <laughs> always said. It is something that you've said definitely never prior to right now. Okay. Well, look, I was trying to get a catchphrase <laughs> off the ground. Uh, look, we might not. Anyway, uh, so mine, again, the same as last week, are two different ones to you. Uh, oh, cool. And again, same as last week, I've gone for the album opener. Oh, yeah. I think that they do great album great openers. Great album openers. The like, next two, which are more classic tunes, the next two albums, album openers are some of the best album openers oh, of all time. Excellent. I'm so keen. There's something they do so well. Um, they get albums started right. Well, I think it's just so important. Like, mm-hmm. you're set in the mood. I, I've tried to listen to albums before and the first song is shit and you're like, no, nah, I'm not interested. Yeah. And well, then so it's like, it's a real, like, slog to get through it because you're already like, Ugh. That's right. We heard a bit of it before, but it, it, this is how it starts. So it's actually, it kind of starts pretty chill with the uh, the keys. But like you said, it gets gets into it. And what's your other one? Uh, the second track on the album, Merry Go Round. Oh, Merry Go Round, sorry. Merry Go Round, I should have said that. Do you want to replace one? Merry-Go-Round is also on. Oh, it's already on, on there? Yeah. Demo. Sorry. It's going to replace So that means there's four then. Yeah. Oh, this album was more of a banger than I realized. I love it. It builds and then it just changes tempo there. And I just like Jimmy's like little yell in the middle. Yeah, which is like a real live set to me, you know. Yeah. Just random Everything yelling. he does feels live. <laughs> Um, all right. Man just is, he lives in the moment. Live in the now, man. All right, we're taking out 
merry-go-round. So, so off this album, there is uh, Breakfast at Sweethearts, uh, Goodbye, Merry-go-round, Astro, Goodbye, Astro, Goodbye. Maybe, oh, maybe they are the three. No, Shipping Steel. Oh, and no, oh, yeah, and Shipping Steel because we counted on a it from the, one. Yes. from the all so few. So there's the four. That's um, quite a few hits. It, 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 it gets harder. The Easter's got very few that aren't on here, I think. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to make some exceptions. Um, probably then I'm going to roll ya. I'm going to roll ya. Oh, cool. This one, that's funny because that's the, that's the track that um, it was probably the hard. For some reason, I thought it was a bit basic the first time I listened to it. Yeah. And then and I, I said that. I'm like, I was listening to it today and I'm like, I think this is compared to the first album. This one, I love every track on it. And then it got up to, oh, I'm going to roll it. I'm like, oh, maybe apart from this one. Then I played a couple more times. like, oh, no, I like all the tracks on it. That's funny you say that because the first few times I listened to the album, this was one of the ones that I was a bit like meh about. Yeah. And then the more I've listened to it, I'm like, actually. And yeah, is it this I don't one that is. towards the end of the song where it's just the really like hard, fast lyrics, just like yep. bang, 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 bang. While we're talking about less, less so much a fan, Plaza. Plaza, well, that's the slow Just ballad. Ma- yeah, maybe that's why I don't like it then. And that's also the only Mossy on lead. I know, devastating. Yeah, Plaza, I, um, I like, I like Plaza. No, too slow. Get to that later on. Yeah, oh, and the piano. Come on. There's a bit later where I think it's either Jimmy twice or it's Jimmy and Mossy singing at the same time. And it just sounds so good. They harmonise real well. Yeah. I think it's now nah, feathering because they just do like really fast lyrics. That or I'm mixing thinking of a different song and this is embarrassing. For... <laughs> well, yeah, this is the end of the song. Oh. Maybe we missed it. Maybe it was it. showtime. Oh, Sam, don't. <laughs> Showtime's... Nah, it's definitely not this one. Right. Oh, well, I'll figure out what I was talking about one day. Showtime's all about singing. It's about being, having a bad time in a band, I think. Seems This sounds apt for really the of the time as well. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, they, they have... They, yeah, the albums are all uh, jump around the genres a lot. Though. Yeah, like, so it's almost... Some of them don't... Um, the order of the tracks in certain places don't feel so flowing. Oh, okay. You love the flow. I've got to have the flow. Got to have that flow. Well, I mean, for example, Plaza, which is like this the slow one from this album, is sandwiched between Goodbye Astrid, Goodbye and Shipping Steel, neither of which I would call ballads or particularly Oh, light. they're bangers. But yeah. you, I mean, maybe they just wanted to take it down a notch. You know, it's just, about pacing. Just for a hot second. Classic. Two minutes and nine uh, seconds. Richard Batchin, Batchin boy. Classic Batchin. What a batch. We played any Goodbye Astrid? No, we have. I don't think so. This is what they. This is a banger. And it's um. This is this is the studio version. Yeah, this is still like. All right, let's compare it to the. Get the live. Get live. But this is what you want. You want the live show to add a bit more to the songs and yeah. make it all a bit more complex. Otherwise, and... there's no point paying for a ticket <laughs> because <laughs> you've got that album at home. <laughs> you know? Oh, mate, I know what you're saying. Big time. <laughs> but, yeah, this, this is a, ba- a banging tune. And it is apparently it's, it's a real live staple as well. Oh. Downstairs. Jeez, he's really saying goodbye to Astrid. 
hard. Not Man. a fan of Astrid. All right, Astrid. I'd say all right, Astrid Uru. Yeah. See ya. Catch you, catch you next time. Cheers. We need to write a whole song and dance about it. Oh, That's, what does he say? It's like, been married for eight years, so it's like eight years of mad, eight years of anger. Oh, uh, right. It's, it's, when you married it's me. Up. Oh, it's just so good, this out, this song. So this, we did, I don't think we mentioned that, that um, this album's nearly all written by Don Walker. Again. Apart from this track, co-written with Jimmy Barnes. And also, um, I, th- I think it might even be... Uh, one was written by Mossy as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Dresden. My, one of my favourites of hey. the album. Probably my favourite of the album was, yeah. So, that's cool. Like, he, they share around the songwriting more and more as the career goes on. Yeah. I'll pull out the Astrid. Goodbye. Um, Goodbye so, yeah, Astrid. maybe that... Probably it's about time to wrap up this show for the week. What do you think? Yeah, just got to... Before we do that, we've got to give it a, a score. Yeah, how cold is What was is the system the again? Oh, how cold how is cold, the chisel? So it's a, it's a one to ten rating with right. one being the coldest and zero. therefore... Oh, zero. Zero, sorry. We're going the coldest sub. chisel. Yeah, and the colder, the colder the chisel, the better the album chis. because you want your chisel cold apparently. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I think, well, last week uh, on the self-titled, you gave it five degrees. I gave it four, so... I, on this one, I'm thinking I did. I do enjoy this album more. I'm probably. I really enjoy this album a lot, actually. Mm. I'm gonna give it two degrees. Woo-hoo-hoo, that's chilly. That's very chilly. You're putting on a sweater. You're probably putting on a on a jacket and mittens. Maybe even a beanie. Earmuffs. I'd almost definitely have a beanie on. Need some sort of nose warmer. Nose warmer. Yeah. You know? um, balaclava. <laughs> uh, and then get arrested. Um, I am going to give it a four and I don't know if it's because that's how I feel about the album or if it's because I comparatively, cause I know what's coming up oh, right. and, get, I, and I know I've got, room I've move. got it. Yeah. I've got some colder albums coming up, you know? Yeah. There are some ice cold classics coming up real soon. <laughs> ice cold. Ice cold. Triple um, we're, triple M. we're going to, uh, on the, on Instagram, our favorite, uh, listen now pod. Uh, we'll also put some uh, questions up so you can also rate how cold the chisel oh, is. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and probably on Twitter as well. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you can find us at ListenNowPod. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we've got an email, uh, ListenNowPod at gmail.com. Thank you, Gina. If you've got any, I'd love to hear any um, cold chisel stories, if uh, there's any long-term fans of the band or anyone who's just started listening to them because of this podcast, I'd love to hear what your first impressions are yeah hit us up also if you're here because you heard of singing screaming cowboy and that's where your starting point was also let us know we'd love to hear from you screaming cowboy brought me here (laughs) and higher again (laughs) (laughs) so good i'm still in the love part of this song yeah, yeah. i've not i've not dropped yet to the hate but we're still in the love yeah it can't be far and probably some listeners are already there yeah <laughs> uh you can also find me if you want to online uh, at matt stew underscore art on twitter or matt stewart comedy on facebook and instagram my website is matt you've got a website oh yeah big time Woo-hoo. if you want to find out where i'm doing live shows matt slash gigs uh, I can't. I think I've I've got a few coming up in the UK. Depending oh, on when London, this comes out. I saw London, and hopefully a couple others. Excellent. 
So if people are over there, check out that bloody website. <laughs> um, but depending on when you're listening to it, I could be anywhere. I'm not sure. So just check that out if you want to. Check Where can people website. find you, Sam? Uh, Instagram at Samatonk. That's a double M uh, <laughs> for pictures of my cat. And we'll put links to the. Well, I'll say you'll put links to these in the description. I will do all of the description and linkage. So good. I'm loving <laughs> that freedom. I could say we put anything in these descriptions and you'll have to do it. I uh, will put a link to that video of Jimmy Barnes screaming for. There's one of him screaming for 10 hours. Oh, excellent. I think we should just put that in every description okay, for great. every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else we should say before we wrap it up for another week, Sam? I think that's all we've got. Oh, what are we What are we listening to next? Well, next is East, so oh. that is, um, it's probably got their most hits on it. Excellent, and it's one of the two albums that's often cited as their their sort of perfect two albums. Beautiful. Or not perfect, but they're two great. Pretty. They're pretty cold masterpieces. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I feel like this one's got a bit of living up to do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say that right? I don't know. This one set a high marker. There we go. And uh, I think it probably deserves to be in the same conversation as those two. Oh, that's a big call. Yeah, I really, I think it's, I think it's really, really great. Uh, the songs on it, and that's what people like. Even the critics are like, the songs are great. Yeah, and I mean that's a <laughs> lot of what an album shit. is. <laughs> and I think they, I, I don't think they sound shit, but I, it sounds like I'm in the minority on that. Um, and well, I do listen to some of those live versions. I can hear while there's a little bit of extra. The mi- yeah, it's a bit of a missing going on. Yeah, I still don't think it's not like the. It's not a bad album. I'm saying more than that. I'm saying it's a very good album. It's a what? It is a good album. I'm gonna. I'll die oh, on this hill. I will- <laughs> what hill was that? Uh, the hill. Uh, <laughs> there's someone coming over this hill. I'm dying on. <laughs> Jimmy's coming, he's coming he's over coming, the hill to save the day. He's coming to get you. Thanks, Jimmy. That's him calling for help. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, I mean, that wraps us up. Do, I can't, do we have a sign-off? I can't remember. No, we haven't figured one out yet. Oh, so something like, uh, anyway, uh, during the week, if you're going to listen now, listen now to East and um, we'll, we'll be here to talk about it next week. Sounds good. That's That was clumsy as fuck. <laughs> listen now. <laughs> listen now. Listen out. <gasps> That could be Listen it. out for Listen Now. Listen now. Listen out. Listen out. Till next week. <laughs>